The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey kids, Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. Before we get into this week's episode, let's talk about podcorn. Yeah, I love podcorn. You heard them here before. You know why? Because they're awesome. Because what they do is they help podcasts like ours find other sponsorship opportunities like host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, whatever you want. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. If you're a small podcast, medium, large, it doesn't matter. You choose the opportunity you want. Set your own rates and collaborate with brands without any exclusivity. Best part is, you never give up your rights to your podcast. And Podcorn is here to support you at every step and make sure you're protected and you get paid for the work you do. Click in my show notes to sign up for Podcorn. It's free. And start browsing for sponsorship opportunities. Podcorn, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here we go. Hey, gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Happy New Year. Here we are, 2021. Give us your best shot. This episode is going to be fun because it's going to make a lot of you very angry that Adam Glynn has taken on a film that a lot of you love, and that is... Anchorman with Will Ferrell, our second Will Ferrell film. Before we get to it, it is now less than one month away into our live show at the AMC Theater in Clifton, New Jersey. Bill and Joanne from The Morning Show are coming on down to do Karate Kid. So get your tickets right now, guttingthesacredcow.com. While you're there, check out our articles that we put up every Monday through Friday. And of course, our merch shop. Grab a long sleeve shirt, hat, bag, whatever you want. We're there. And yes, once again, please, 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 if you're a new friend of ours, thank you so much for joining aboard. Only a requirement for this ride, give us that five-star rating, two or three-sentence review on Amazon. And if you really, truly do love us, we love when our fans tag us on social media, when they share it out to their friends and saying what a great podcast we are. And that really does help. It got us in the iTunes Top 100 for the last month. Thank you so very much. Without further ado, here's Adam Glynn doing Anchorman. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? Oh, a six-demon bag. Terrific, a six-demon bag. Earth, fire, wind, all that kind of thing. Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. You got me. Big Trouble in Little China. 
No, you know what? I haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China in years. Oh, years. So good. So good. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, how are you, folks? Here we go, gutting the sacred cow. Here we are again. How are you, Kevin Israel? What's new and exciting? I'm great. I am. You know what? I'm so excited. I know it's far away. January seems like forever, but I'm so pumped about our live show. Do tell everybody about our live show since you are so psyched about it. As it happens, gutting the sacred cow is coming live to a theater near you if you happen to live in Clifton or North Jersey. We're going to be showing the Karate Kid 1985 smash hit and, uh, and the, uh, the predecessor to Cobra Kai, the Netflix hit. Well, YouTube and now Netflix. Uh, we're going to be showing that, and then we're going to be doing a live gutting the Sacred Cow podcast uh, with uh, Bill Schultz and Joanna, Joanne Nosuchinsky yep. uh, from The Morning Show on Compound Media. It's going to be a fucking amazing time. You're going to get to see a live show and watch the movie and see how the magic happens. 7 o'clock, January 23rd. It's a Saturday at the Clifton AMC. You can get the uh, tickets on Kevin Goatee or my social media or at guttingthesacredcow.com. Is that up there yet? Did I just make that up? It's, it should be soon. If not, it's up on the, on the, in the Twitter bio. It's up there. And go on Gutting the Sacred Cow on Facebook, Twitter, the links all over the place now. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to be promoting the shit out of this. But the trick is this thing is going to sell out because of social distancing. We have a very limited um, supply of tickets. So if you're interested, if you want to see us live, if you want to have some fun during this ridiculous, painful time, get your tickets now because they're not going to be around for long. Just sold another one in the last half an hour break we had. So all that. right. My buddy Danny. So enough about all that stuff. We have as our guest tonight, Adam Glenn. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Boys, thanks for having me, man. Thanks to uh, we've been trying to do this for a while, so uh, yeah. I appreciate you guys taking the time. I know I've been a little hard to figure out sometimes <laughs> where we we all work out, but it, we're here now, and it's all right good. On. How you doing, Kev? Good, man. Good. good. We're all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell everybody where we can find you. What you're up to? Projects that you want to promote, brother? I got I got so many little things going on. I mean, I got uh, so you can find me at, at Adam Glenn on social media. It's my that's my Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on I'm on all the social media platforms. And then uh, what I do is I do uh, I do a thing called Adam's Apple. I'm a paparazzi on the streets of New York City. So that's what I've been doing for the last ten years. So I do a thing called Adam's Apple, where I have a camera follow me as I run around doing celebrity interviews on the streets of New York City. And I put that on YouTube. You go, if you go on YouTube, Adam's Apple, uh, or look up Adam Glenn G L Y N you'll see some of my celebrity interviews and also my episodes of Adam's Apple. I also do a entertainment news podcast called uh, the Hollywood raw. And it's an entertainment news podcast. I do it with a colleague of I, of mine, my buddy Dax Holt, who I used to work with at TMZ. And we like to say we humanize Hollywood. We like to reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. So we have celebrities on, but we have them break them down. It's, we don't really give a shit. About, I curse, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Oh yeah. We don't really care about the characters. They, they play. We're more of like, how, how does it feel? How does it work from setup shots with the paparazzi to, you know, short, you know, kind of humanizing Hollywood, the wheel that like to say, and it's, uh, it's and then I come on movie podcasts. That's, that's where my career is at, brother. <laughs> Listen, tell E they have a vacancy for some good-looking dudes who can talk, invite guests on for movies and talk shit about that. Yeah. What the hell? Let's make it a trio on gutting the sacred cow. Why not? But yeah. Adam, Adam, listen, Adam is talking about a lot of stuff with uh, Larsa Pippen, but his, his real bugaboo, as, they, as the kids say these days, isn't about Larsa Pippen and, and all that stuff. It's about Anchorman, 2004. 
I dare say the uh, the vehicle that got Will Smith, not Will Smith, what the hell am I saying? Will, Will Ferrell front and center into our uh, into our lexicon, if you will. 2004, as I had said, it was made for a budget of $26 million, $85 million haul domestically, $90 million worldwide haul. 2020 numbers, $36.2 million budget, 125.4 mil haul overall in the United States. IMDb score is, as we know, a 1 through 10 with a decimal point. Adam, why don't you take a guess? What did Anchorman score on the IMDb uh, scale? I'm going to guess IMDb rated it very high. This is a movie, you know, that everyone loved that I never got into, at least the people in my circle, people around me. I never understood the appeal to it, but I think most, I, I think a lot of people felt differently. I'm going to think people gave it an 8-3. Kevin Israel. 7-5. Seven two. Awesome. Really? Okay. Uh, that yeah. makes me feel a little bit better that I wasn't the only one who didn't think it was that great. Rotten Tomatoes is a one through one hundred percentage score. Kevin Israel, what did the critics give Anchorman? Seventy. Adam, I'm actually gonna go lower. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I don't think they gave him tomatoes. I think they gave it a fifty-six. Sixty-seven. So close. close with the 70. Dude. Yeah. Uh, Audience score. Adam, I'll let you go first. Audience Rotten Tomato score. I think the audience, most people thought it was really funny. It was a character. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 82. Kevin. Ah, I was going to 84. 86. Wow. Kevin, you're good, bud. We, we yeah. Were, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> 52 episodes of this, you start to figure out the formula. <laughs> Quotes. Glasses in my pocket, by the way, that I've been looking for forever. Holy shit! Um, That's better than finding a twenty in your wash jeans. Anyway. I don't know how you didn't sit on those things and break the damn things. Uh, yeah, I don't. Quotes. Let's get in the quotes. This has to be one of the top twenty-five quoted films of all time. So many different lines. I'm just gonna pull out a few that made me laugh that weren't the obvious ones. If you were a man, I'd punch you right in the ovaries. You pointed to your boobies. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. You have way too much pubic hair. Starring Ron Burgundy and Tits McGee. Kevin Israel, quotes. You ate a whole wheel of cheese? I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Uh, Jesus, so many. I miss your musk. Sex Panther by Odeon. Not gonna lie, it smells like pure gasoline. (laughs) Adam, any quotes jump out at you? No, because I don't think this movie was that great. Okay. Uh, we, I, so, no, don't, don't get into why you hate it yet. I know you're all trigger happy, but can, can we can talk about the beginning? We, no, 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 no. Okay. Wait till your turn. Okay. We're going to get there. You have as much time to diarrhea all this film as you want. But, but first, we're getting to our next favorite subject five fun facts. Five fun facts. Whoa, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. This first fun fact, by far, I love the who should have played who. And this film had a cavalcade of who was going to play who. John C. Riley read for a part, but had to turn it down to do what film? The Aviator. 
Leslie Mann was considered for Veronica. Maggie Gyllenhaal also auditioned, but Adam McKay said, quote, she was too good for this role and would eventually win an Oscar. Hint, she did. Amy Adams was turned down because she looked too young. James Spader said he would, quote, do anything for the role of Brick Tamlin, but he was also deemed too good. And Ed Harris almost played newsroom boss Ed Harkin. Oh, P.S. Ron Livingston auditioned for Brian Fantana, Brian Fantana, but lost to Ant-Man himself, Paul Rudd. There is enough footage for a six-hour director's cut, which for a Judd Apatow film is about one-third of its normal running time. <laughs> Anchorman was pitched to DreamWorks nearly 20 times in different variations. Too bad Anchorman 2 could not have been edited 20 more times because that was awful. No, oh, so bad. Will Ferrell actually has played the flute since elementary school, but did not play in that scene. Oh, I was going to say, wait, so that was him actually playing the flute? No, 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 no. It was dubbed over. There was an entire storyline featuring Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, and Justin Long, but it was cut and put into a straight-to-DVD movie. I now that well, that's what I'm doing right after this. I love Justin Long. Do you? I do. Besides his mom, you're the you're the other fan club. Okay. Watch the uh, watch the out watch the outtakes from him in uh, Zach and Mary make a make a porno. Okay. He has he improved his whole scene where he's a gay porn star. Right. And the outtakes of uh, it's fucking hysterical. Unlike that movie. Yeah. The, oh, uh, the movie was not good. And I love His Smith, scene. but man, that was rough, as McGruff, yeah. the crime dog, says. Enough, or, enough horseshit, enough fanfare, enough razzmatazz. It is now time for Adam Glenn to gut, gut the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's start it first, dude. I... We went back and forth. I, I probably pissed you off for so long because you're like, Adam, give me a movie. Yeah. And it's hard for me to think <laughs> about a movie because, you know, if I don't like a movie, I, I can't finish and watch the whole thing. You know, so, and every single movie I pick, you guys have pretty much did an episode on. Right. Um, Avatar, Matrix. Uh, I, I never got to finish watching these movies because I, I, if I don't like it, I just turn it off. I can't get into. This movie, um, I had to think of long and hard for a movie that I couldn't get into that everyone else loved. That was the angle I was looking for. Right. This, which when you were saying about the ratings, I was surprised that how low the ratings were. I guess there was other people that felt this way. I just didn't think the movie was that strong. It was that funny. Even when you said the lines, there was not too many great lines that came from this. Uh, I thought it was a little long. Uh, I was surprised they even made Anchorman 2. I don't think there was anything memorable from this movie. Was it a success? It was a success. They made profit on it. There was just nothing. I'm a big Will Ferrell fan, but I don't believe in the character. I didn't think that character of an anchorman was that great. Uh, I don't, I think Christina Applegate wasn't, she's not my favorite actress. I don't, I think they could have had a better person play her. Uh, I don't think the people around Will Ferrell were that funny. There was just, you know, I think, can you think of one breakout scene from this movie? I mean, I guess it's the fight when they all start fighting each other of different, and you had all these people pop in from different kind of news tasks, like uh, Ben Stiller, I think it was like the Spanish news yeah. team, all these yep. sort of news teams, and they start having this crazy fight. 
and it was fun. That was the only, it wasn't funny. It was fun for that piece. But the rest of the movie, there was nothing really funny. Um, that was it. It was there was a few, and that was the only fun moment. But as far as funny moments, I, nothing made me laugh. And but I also thought a lot of people talk about this movie all the time, and I, I always felt left out because I never got the joke. Okay, so you you have watched it all the way through, though. I have watched this one all the way through. I've watched it all the way through multiple times. Um, again, I'm a Judd. It, this movie is produced by Judd Apatow. I like Judd Apatow, but I also think Judd Apatow's movies go a little too long. I think actually the best movie that Judd Apatow was a part of was the Disney movie Heavyweights, which was uh, probably from about 25 years ago, 94 or something. That's the first time that heavyweights reference has made its way. Actually, second, when we talked about Napoleon Dynamite last week, there was a Napoleon, uh, sorry, a heavyweights reference. No, there was. That's right. Holy Which I just found out recently that movie was not a success. It has, it's a cult fan. It's got a cult fan base. But I just looked it up. Actually, I looked it up today, and I'll tell you why I did. But I looked up the movie didn't do well in theaters and just didn't do well overall. I never saw it. Um, I didn't either. Oh, dude, it's a great movie. The funny thing is, I have this thing that I like to do. I'm just so curious. I'll look up random actors just to see where they are now. And the movie itself is just a great movie. I actually think it was ahead of its time because it was a Disney movie, but it was about a fat kid camp. And so it's kind of like, wow, that's a kind of touchy subject to do a Disney movie on. And it was funny. I looked up like to see where the cast is now. And I just kind of looked on Instagram to see where the kids are. And one of the guys, I was like, oh, that, you know, I started following one of the guys, the main star on Instagram. And he added me back right away on Instagram. And I saw that he was in New York and I wrote to him. I was like, hey, dude, do you want to work out? So I was actually supposed to work out with him like two hours ago. And then he hit me up like right away. I was like, hey, dude, like last minute, like I can't make it. I got to go eat with my mom. I'm going to try to make it tomorrow. So I might be working out with the guy tomorrow. Of course he has that spare time on his hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What were your, what were your guys' opinions? Uh, what was your guys' opinions on this movie? Do you think – do you do you dislike it? Were you do you agree with the Rotten Tomato score or what? Right. Well, hold on. You have listen. You have way more time to go take this down, man. What else about this that just angered you or or disappointed you? Yeah, this, uh, this is your time to go crazy with this. I I I think it was. I would have loved. I think this movie would have been better with John C. Riley in it. It sounds like he he was considered for a part, but I I again I just there was no. Even when he made the memorable lines, I'm looking at the movie. It was ranked as the uh, number 100 on Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies, number six on Time Out's Top 100 Comedy Films, and 113. It's I, insane. That's insane. I don't I, – when I think of Will Ferrell's funniest movies, like, there's a lot of misses with, John, with Will Ferrell, like the, the ice skating movie. And I just think this was yes. maybe I, – I, that Blades of Glory. You know, right. I think people like that. Um, I don't I, – it's weird. Will Ferrell, he's known for doing some unique things, and this one just didn't deliver on my end. And I, I, I just felt out of at touch because I felt like everyone liked this movie, quoted this movie, and thought it was funny, and I just didn't really enjoy the character of Ron Burgundy. Okay. Did you like, um, did you like Talladega, Talladega Nights? It was fine. I actually thought it could have been better. But I actually thought that could be better – than Anchorman. I just think they don't play it as much as Anchorman. It's just, you know, I think car racing is just, it doesn't really appeal to the masses like a newsman does because everyone's around the, the newsman. So, but I think it's actually funnier, but it won't get played as much as Anchorman. Gotcha. Fair. 
Fair. What about the jokes, I guess, that, that missed for you? Like, what was it about? It's either funny or it's not, obviously, with comedies. It's, it's very black and white. What was it that made this not funny for you? Besides you know what it, it, it's well it kind of goes with the character you know like when they started messing with her name or like the boobs thing he's playing you know it just wasn't a strong joke not none of the jokes were strong they were landing flat they almost seemed like too easy that anybody could have wrote it um and when it came to you know like i said the the one part that probably people cracked up on was that fight scene and to me, it wasn't funny. It was fun because it was funny to say who's going to jump in the scene now. And, you know, maybe you guys saw it recently. I forget who came in during that scene. I know Ben Stiller came in. Tim Robbins. Uh, yeah. So Luke Wilson. Think, yeah, there's a few of them. So those were fun names to see during that scene. Like, oh, who's going to jump in now? But it was just, you know, it was just blah to me. Um, I think you could see the story a little bit kind of what was going to happen, which I don't count. I don't. It doesn't lose points for that. Again, I just think the jokes for a movie like this fell flat and the characters weren't strong enough. Bottom line. Um, I can't even think of a memorable joke in the movie. I just, the only thing that comes to mind is that scene with the fight scene. Got it. Do you guys agree with this? Like, I, 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 I don't want to feel like you guys are com- I mean, you guys know comedy. When it comes to Will Ferrell's best movies, I think it's – you know, Knight, for somebody, maybe because when I grew up, Knight the Roxbury, which is a great, fun, dumb character. Oh, I can't disagree anymore than that. That film is fucking awful. I rewatched it during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, it was on a I little fucking, bit. Yeah, it was on Amazon Prime. I hate it. It was so, and I love to see the, the sketch on SNL when, when they would do it, but that's it. It was good for two and a half minutes and just watching them shake their head, but for an hour and a half of just not the joke, a lot of SNL films just fall so fucking hard on their asses. Wayne's world being the one lone exception I can think of. I may be blanking another, another one, but most SNL films are straight Was up. any good? I hated it. I'm one of the people love that one. People, 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 people like, I they actually do. never watched that, but I, again, I didn't have the, I didn't, it didn't interest me. Not at but all. I think when night at Roxbury came out, it came out maybe 94. I could be 99. No, 98. I was in college when it came 98? out. 98. Yep. So I think at the time it came out, it just fit comedy at that time. It was one of those fun, dumb movies. I mean, talking about like Emilio Estevez, the mighty ducks man himself. I mean, and there he is the mighty ducks man himself, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> It's a funny line. Like, it's just so stupid. It was funny. I dressed like them, so it was... Uh... Yeah, it, it wasn't... Was it the funniest? No, but it was like... It was entertaining enough. And I think when you watch it now, and I watched it recently too, it just, at the time, it fit a little bit better. It was a little bit more funny at the time. It doesn't really translate into, you know, 20 years later. So, so uh, do you guys agree with this or what? I mean, well, you're, oh, about, you're about, to about to find out. out. You're about Good. to find out. And now <laughs> these notes are brought to you, by, of course, by guttingthesacredcow.com. As a shirt, as you see, I'm wearing right now, guttingthesacredcow.com. Every day we have brand new articles, especially good times to read on the toilet while at work. Why not poop and read at our articles at the same time? And pick up a shirt, hat, bag, cell phone holder, coffee mug. We have it all at guttingthesacredcow.com. Notes. Will Ferrell's teeth look like a Mako shark who swallowed a hand grenade? I'm so glad you pointed that out. Because I, I thought you... it, and I didn't write it down. This, in the very beginning, when they get the real close-up on his face, yep. and he's yep. supposed to, you know, he's talking about how good he looks. I was like, how did he make it? How did he just never get his teeth fixed? My second that... half of that statement, you would think news anchors have perfect teeth, especially in the 70s. 
that drove me. That just drove me off. Like, how is this guy a leading anchorman with with a with like, like it got hit with a Randy Johnson fastball in the mouth? No. One of my one of my first. I hate to go off on a tangent. One of my first uh, like real comedy shows. This is like back in '02, I think. I was on the show with this uh, comedian who I can't remember who it was. He was apparently just on the verge of blowing up, and he sat with us and was talking about knowing that he was on the cusp of it and he was getting all these movie offers and everything. And they were like, and he goes, uh, they're making me fix my teeth though. He's like, I have an appointment next week and I have to go at my teeth. Like it's, I'm going to be out of, out of commission for a month because they have to fix my teeth. And I was like, are your teeth that bad? And he smiled. And I was like, ah, they're paying for it. Fucking take advantage of it. Cause that looks expensive. Listen, tell your, tell your friend, <laughs> look at these babies. Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> these things are fucking perfect. I'm camera ready. Now you see that Glenn, <laughs> get me on the podcast. Let's, die. Let's dance. <laughs> I still wear my retainer as one few days a week at night. Of course you do. Of course. It's not, I have Will Ferrell teeth. My and uncle- every morning you apply a uh, green tea herbal face mask and do a thousand crunches. <laughs> not the thousand crunches. <laughs> Negative. I, wish number two we have this film to thank the explosion in improv troops thanks adam mckay now we're overrun with improv groups with dopey names like more meatloaf yes and fuck <laughs> you thank you steve carell looks like looks like that annoying guy who is a super bruce springsteen fan and he wears his bleached jean jacket while swaying uncomfortably to the music at a concert while standing in the quote-unquote mosh pit. All right. All right. The Newsman street fight scene is hilarious. And, by the way, Brick Tamlin is a real-life Ralph Wiggum. I will give the film this credit. This is an absolute crown jewel moment for me. Why? Kudos for having Ben Stiller, Jack Black, and Seth Rogen in a same film, while none of them, none of them, finally annoy the shit out of me. This is a Herculean feat. Usually, I found all three of those actors as soothing as someone chewing medium-rare steak with their mouth open. Hate Ben Stiller. When was Seth Rogen in it? He was the cameraman. Didn't have he had maybe a line. Wow, I, I completely missed that. Come on, he's in every Apatow film. The green screen where Applegate falls in the bear cage is as horrendous as the special effects in any Roger Corman film. How fucking fake did that look? It looked as fake as the bear that ended up cuddling with brick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shark in the first Jaws film was more realistic than that. I don't, okay, this film loses a ton of steam after he gets fired. How does this get cut down from three hours and still feels still feels like it needs a little more humor in the third act? I will say I do not have many notes on this film, only because it's a comedy, as I said before. It's either funny or it's not. There's not much to break down here. I laughed my balls off the first few times I saw this. Though, rewatching this just the other night, not many times I lol during this recent rewatch, but still enjoyed it. The first half of this film passes the remote test with flying colors. Adam, the remote test is this. If you're watching cable and you're flipping around and you happen to stumble upon a certain film where you say, fuck, I know what I'm doing for the next 45 minutes, hour and a half, two hours, whatever, you drop the remote 
That is the remote test. The first half of this film <laughs> passes the remote test. The second half does not. I said this in the episode with Step Brothers. I agree. I agree. Thank you. All right. Fair. I agree with that. I very much agree with that. I'll take a well-earned congratulatory sip of Sam Adams. And I said not the sponsoring the show. Uh, they should, though, because this is fine quality entertainment. They have fine quality beer. I've said this before in the Step Brothers episode where our guest was ready to put me on his fucking shoulders and cheer me like Caesar before he got stabbed. Will Ferrell is like a jalapeno. Dice him up and sprinkle him on a burrito or nachos. I'll buy that. And that's why this film works. He has a hell of a supporting cast and does not have the spotlight on him for the entire film. But no way you can eat seven jalapenos because you get vicious, acidic diarrhea on your taint, and that really hurts. And that is why most of his other films are fucking awful. The aforementioned stepbrothers, Talladega Nights, awful did not see the Holmes and Watson that's like honest to god one of the worst reviewed films in film history blades of glory won't see that I won't see them land of the lost please the tv show where we were kids was trash why would I watch that <sighs> I, yeah. I, I agree I agree Rat, Kevin that was one of the dumbest shows ever made I was eight years old going this made its way on a on a famed CBS morning cartoon lineup you were an Bullshit. asshole as an eight-year-old that's amazing no sir you had low standards <laughs> you had low standards as an eight-year-old and as an adult if it had claymation dinosaurs in it when I was a kid I was fucking entranced oh so you're gonna tell me how much you love fucking dating Goliath to you simpleton no, because that was a Jesus ah! freak show. <laughs> Were you a big fan of the California Raisin commercial, too? The Christmas special is delightful. That I'll agree on. This film is ready. One, two, three. Fine. S- slightly better than fine. <laughs> slightly better than fine. I like it. It is his best film by far. By far. His best film, not even a distant second, and it's it's a vapor trail. Really, yo, a hundred percent. This best film, film by far. That's his best film by a fucking better than Parsec. Elf. Better than Elf. Stratosphere, Ionosphere. That's not bad, not bad, but it's not near as good as as Anchorman. Six and a half out of ten is your score from me, Kevin Israel. The floor is yours. You know, I, 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 think, I think we're spending too much time together, Kev, because uh, <laughs> you, you, not only did you cover everything I said, but you, you included the, I don't have many notes about this. I was taking notes for, of, the, of the movie as I was watching it, and then I realized I was just writing down quotes. Like every time they said something that I've said with my buddies, I wrote it down and I realized these aren't notes. I'm just writing a long list of quotes for that section of the podcast. This isn't actually my thoughts. My, my thoughts, I saw this movie uh, in the theater. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, I've see, I, after seeing it in the theater, I probably saw it a dozen or so more, more, more times over the next you know, six to seven years. Thought it was hysterical. Quoted it nonstop. I can't tell you how many of the different... I love Lamp. I mean, like, right. so many lines just constantly... I mean, even, even obscure ones about the Trident. And I, I've been meaning to talk to you about that, Brick. You're going to want to find a lawyer. You're probably wanted for murder. Like, just constantly quoting the movie. But upon rewatch, Kev, you're completely right. The movie drops off in the third act bad. It. Uh, that's really, it, that's a very kind of just, yeah. I'm sorry, I, was talking. I, I agree with you because you're, you're 100% right. The third, as soon as you get to the third act, it really drops off. I never thought it 
from that perspective or that way. So that's a really great way to look at it. But go on. Sorry, I, I agree. Well, it's the movie. The movie plays like a the movie plays like a long, good SNL skit. Like it's like a long running SNL skit where if you just took seven or eight episodes of it and put it together, that was the movie you got. But it did better than most SNL skits that become movies. It 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 actually the character was able to carry, and this, like Kev said, the supporting cast was great. Um, the the jokes to me still st- still stood up. I still laughed. I didn't laugh as hard because I knew they were all coming, and I've quoted them over the years. But uh, Will Ferrell's body is still a horror to me. And the fact that he flaunts it and every chance he gets just makes me proud that some men out there just don't give a fuck about how they look and, uh, and are willing to, he has, a, I, I, if I ever meet Will Farrell, the one question I'm going to ask him is what's up with that flap of skin on your gut. And we've all seen the weird ring. Is it like the, it looks like a stabbing where it, it does. Yeah. It looks, like, it, it, looks like, it looks like Quato from Total Recall is trying to cut. I out. actually at some point Googled to see if it was like an op, like a surgical thing. And there was no information on it, which shocked me because we've stared at that weird flap for about 20 years now. Um, I think he had like a hernia. That's what it looks like. A her- I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's, it's like a little, it's up on his like second, I don't know. It's fucking yeah. weird. And I've seen it I a honestly lot. honestly have never noticed that. You've <laughs> never noticed the weird no, fold? When he goes streaking in old school, you see it. See, I think, I see, I'll, I'm going to go on a quick, sorry, tangent. I think old school is insanely overrated. People are like, oh, it's as good as Animal House or something like that. No, no, not, no at, not, at not as all, no. It's not entertaining, not really like, you know, you're entertained by it. It's like, okay, it's fun. That's what it is. I think it falls in the same bucket as you can quote it, 50 different ways until Sunday, but the staying power, not there for me. Yeah. No, you're probably, I mean, look, when I first think of it, I'm like, wow, I love that movie. But then when I think about how many times have I watched it since and would I, would it pass the remote test for me? I don't know that I would rush to, to that channel to watch it. Right. Um, So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In my long rambling, not so long opinion of this movie, I, I still liked it. I'll probably still watch it once in a while when it's on. The sequel was a fucking disaster. Oh, the movie, the movie wasn't, to me, the movie wasn't good enough to warrant a sequel. I, I agree with, why would you make a sequel? How, what were it, they thinking making that movie? It took them a long time to get that sequel greenlit. I will say yeah, the sequel, long. the sequel, is, and, our, and our aforementioned buddy, J.L. Colvin, that son of a bitch, he saw it in the theater opening day, the sequel, and goes, it's funnier than the first. I see it the next day or two. I'm like, all right, J.L. said this could be good. I'm with J.L. for a lot of things. I fucking message. I'm like, you son of a bitch. That was awful. Sans the the the, the news uh, news battle, news anchor scene again they had in Central Park. Yeah. It was fucking abysmal the second one the i only- saw it and i don't i couldn't tell you one thing about the movie about other than either. other than the scene where they're in the camper and it's flipping over that's the only thing i remember from that movie i don't so remember this- what the plot was about no i, I agree with you. the only part i would say is the most memorable part of both movies it was in the second one and i think it was when he will ferrell sits with his the new girl the black girl and sits with the black people at dinner and starts making like like all these like black jokes. Oh yeah, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> you, you know, that was the only part that made me laugh. That was. Uh, but besides that, there's no other part in both of them that made me laugh. Great. So I uh, I have it written down, and I, uh, I I I'm like I said, I'm getting creeped out, Kev. Uh, I give it a six and a half. Ah, oh, I think we we're a fucking simpatico for inglorious bastards too, weren't yes, we? Yes, we were quite. Jesus Christ. 
Well, kids, there you go. This podcast continues to undo all the good karma that we thought we uh, sat in the theaters and go, this is good, it's great. And then, by the way, Adam said The Matrix. He didn't see The Matrix yet. Otherwise, I would have said, motherfucker, bring that shit on because I will destroy you if you come against I'm The Matrix. I'm blown away by the fact that you don't like The Matrix. I have never no, he met don't, anybody he didn't who see, doesn't He didn't like see it yet. That's why I, I didn't know. see because I turned off because I had no interest. Oh. Are you not a sci-fi guy? Do you not like sci-fi? Not a sci-fi. I never got into – I want to like Star Wars. Can't get into it. I know that's going to offend a lot of people, but even with the the new show, The Mandalorian, whatever it is, I want to like it. There's nothing to watch right now on TV. I want to watch it, but I can't get into it. Here's my my sociological test. How how old are you, Adam? I'm 36. Okay. Did uh, did Did you play with toys when you were a kid? I did, yeah. Like a lot? More of wrestling. I was born. I was more into professional wrestling. I was a big wrestling guy. I liked GI Joes. I liked Ninja Turtles, okay. and I liked pro wrestling. So I was well, a big pro wrestling guy. Never mind. <laughs> okay, never I was gonna mind. say he said, "Yeah, we're 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 forty four, but it's just like the Transformers, GI Joe, He Man, all that." He Man, Masters of the Universe, I yep. love, but yep. when it came to Star Wars, it just and my nephew loves it. I just it could be like an. Uh, an educational thing. Maybe it's just you need to be a little bit more intelligent to like it. It's like Rick and Morty. <laughs> I can't get into Rick and Morty. I can't either. I can't oh, either. I, yeah. But not people a- are like, oh, you're not smart enough for their humor. I'm like, what? Like, I don't even get the joke. I don't get it. You know, also says that fans of Wes Anderson and they can eat my shit. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That being said, six and a half all around. Adam, give me a number on a one to 10 uh, for, uh, for Anchorman from you. I'll say 4.7. Oof. Somebody else with a strangely specific. Yeah, name. the last girl did a 3.3 for Bastards. That was just like, okay, but all right, listen, it's your score. Do it the You fun. know what it is? If you, I try to avoid the number seven because people always like to use the number seven. It's like a cop out. You know, uh, it's, the number seven is a cop out for a lot of things. You say, how outside, you know, how outside girl from one to 10? A lot of people say seven because it's not too bad, but it's like, it's an easy cop out. So I want to be very honest with your audience. So that's why I say it's, you could sit through it, but I could sit through it, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't obsessed with it like everyone else was. I didn't see the funny. For a movie that's supposed to be funny, there's really no memorable lines. Even when you quote them to me, I still am like, eh, that's... Even when you say 3.7, I mean, when you, I hear 3.7, I think that's a stone's throw four away seven, from... 4.7. Four, four, excuse seven. me, 4.7. Yeah, four, seven. Four, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more of a buffer between that and dry anal rape. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> he, he didn't completely hate it, so... Let's talk Critics' five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by Critics. Absolutely riotous. Ron Burgundy, the man with a nose for news and one fine-looking head of helmet hair. Anchorman, it brings you comedy so you don't have to go and find it. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Someone, oh, let's, uh, let's get pithy in our reviews there, Joe from the Trenton Times. Some of the material works, some of it doesn't. That's it? And I say, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And that was a five-star review? Yep. Sometimes, wow. sometimes you have a one white poop, sometimes you need 15 baby wipes to get the job done, or just cut bait and jump in the shower. Will Ferrell makes it big. I I, re- I appreciate these uh these the brevity dessert. yeah I say like, you know what, you know what makes it big for me a beautiful topless woman makes it big for me mm. I mean big is an overstatement 
medium medium sized. A nice, a nice B minus. <laughs> like an SNL skit that got out of hand. A good idea that just kept going and going, but never quite gelled into a story. I repeat, this is a five star review. Yeah. <laughs> so funny that you won't care. It has no real plot, but boasts more more bad wigs than Lord of the Rings. That's fair. That's fair. There were a lot of bad wigs. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> Overall, I put Anchorman on the same level as Dodgeball. Both movies are pretty stupid and don't generate as many laughs as you wish they would. Stop it. Ben St- Dodgeball is worse than a Ben Stiller film festival. That film is fucking terrible. And adored by dumb people, I will also say that. I haven't. Kevin seen Israel it. likes that film. That's a, that's. A, I haven't seen it. I just haven't seen it recently enough. I remember. I remember liking it, but I don't remember. I mean, I can't. I don't remember it enough. Everyone loved it, and I saw it and go, "This is the Emperor's New Clothes." I don't see shit here. This is stupid. And I love stupid and funny films. Naked Gun, as we all know, is one of my all-time favorites. Half of Anchorman had me laughing on cue. The other half maybe want to switch channels. So how is that a one-star review? That should be at a two-and-a-half-star review. These people are idiots. Get ready for them when to make you angry. Aim squarely at the open-mouth breathers who turn Dumb and Dumber and Big Daddy into hits. Signed, guy who always wants to do magic tricks when no one asks for it. But I do hate Dumb and Dumber, so I agree with you. What? You and I go through this at least, at least once every five, five Fuck episodes. Fuck you! How much I hate Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I hope the dog shit in your fucking pillowcases tonight. I mean, <laughs> they've shit everywhere else, so... <laughs> That's the one place they haven't? Adam, where do you sit on Dumb and Dumber? Uh, classic. Classic. You're, uh, God, you're right, it is. Dude, it's a fucking classic. I was just talking to someone about... Uh, I, I, listen, it's, it's, it's so good. Again, at the time, and it still holds its weight. Now, when you go to when you go to the when they did the remakes, that's a different story. But uh, when they did when they came back and did the movie, I actually enjoyed it, but it wasn't that great. Uh, They came back a little too late, in my opinion. But there's a few funny jokes in there. Yeah, Uh, I thought um, not Jim Carrey. um, What's his name? Jeff. Jeff Daniels. Uh, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Jeff Daniels was a little awkward trying to play that character again, just as an older guy. Uh, but the first one is a comedy classic, potentially going to be in the top 10 of comedy. And you, you got to remember how Jim Carrey was at that time. He was the funniest person in the world. Agree. Top 10 for me, I got to think about that. Top 20 for sure, without a doubt. Top, I'll think about top 10. Next one. The period detail is hilarious abetted fantastically by Alex Worman's score. But there's so much talent on hand, you couldn't blame anyone for wanting more. Who in the Isaac Hayes fuck noted the score of this film is my question to you. Guys, this isn't a John Williams, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman joint. What was next this guy going to say? The almost magical as well, the score in Naked Gun 33 and a third. You know what I, w- I will agree with in his review? That the time... Ty- the- as a time piece, as a time period piece, uh, especially now that we're living in this even more heightened PC period where you have to think about everything you say. And like, I don't think this movie could get made today the way to even, even, even being a spoof. Oh, especially with the pregos. I think he's a gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Champ>. <laughs> but, uh, 
but or they go when they say that a uh, brick is brick like, years later they'll find out he had an iq of 49 and he was mentally retarded like you wouldn't be able to do, say that they would just say and autistic think, now right well, yeah i mean I, I don't know if you could even say that because you're still making fun of the guy like i think the further we get into the pc culture the more i'll value these kind of movies oh yeah so i'll be like oh you used to be able to just say whatever you want because it was funny and my favorite of the one-star reviews, it sinks like an anchor, man. Fucking give that. Brilliant. Man. I hope he has a job. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I, yeah. I chuckle for a good two that minutes. That might have been the best one-star review you've read. Critics one-star review. Our Amazon one-star reviews are far superior. <laughs> just yes. on the oh, lack of agreed. grammar and syntax and IQ points. Agreed. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Do not say no to lame jokes unless it's making fun of the 70s in the right way. Parentheses. Since art is subjective, no way, no way is or can necessarily be right, actually. Unless it is a negative, unless it is in a negative connotation, such as mentally harming or physically, then that is not art for the sake of the good. It can do to inspire. Art is symbolic to emotion. Guess that makes sense. Smiley face. Signed, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Funny movie. Watch with my son the night before he left for basic training. And that's how our family takes our mind off the possibility of our son coming home with his legs blown off with a vicious case of PTSD. Will Ferrell films. Do not... (laughs) Do you want to talk about autistic? Do not understand the thrill of tacos. Been eating them all my life, but Anchorman is Will Ferrell at his second best. Nothing Nothing will be better than giving his all on the cowbell. English is not this guy's first language. No, or fifth. I first saw this as a freshman in college where we watched it multiple times a week. 12 years later, and it is still just as funny. And 12 years later, still in community college. (laughs) And my favorite five-star review, (laughs) this guy, I like this. I like the cut of his jib. If you like chips and salsa, don't watch this. If you like rusty screws, buy it on Blu-ray. (laughs) that's that's so fucking absurd I'm like well you know what mission accomplished you got me to laugh Amazon one star reviews Amazon one star reviews one star reviews one star reviews I know there are people who like this movie and I'm glad they enjoy it good for them but for anyone thinking that buying this movie who hasn't seen it before I'm telling you this movie is terrible it is unbelievably with asterisks i don't know why dumb i've had root canals where i was less anxious for it to be over you've been warned that's a lie typical happen yeah (laughs) you love that line of mine typical if you've seen one will ferrell movie you've seen them all basically he runs around in his underwear sounds to me like a it sounds, sounds to me like a five-star review from Kevin Israel's penis. Hey, listen. I look good running around in my underwear. I can't help it. Yeah, but do you have a secondary flap of skin running around as you uh, jostling in the wind? 
Some people call it a secondary flap of skin, yeah. <laughs> Some of my kids' friends just saw this movie. So since I have seen Will Ferrell in other movies and like them, capitalized, I don't know why, I decided we'd give it a try. Boy, were we disappointed. Just one awkward scene after another. I was disappointed that there was so much sexual humor in a movie rated PG-13. It wasn't. It was rated R, dummy. Complete with repeated displays of, oh, look, you have a major erection. And then cut to his crotch, standing eight inches out from Ron's body. After watching Anchorman for 45 minutes, my 14-year-old asked me to turn it off and certainly did not ask about replacing it with Anchorman 2. First of all, no, he didn't oh, ask you to turn yeah. it off. Yeah, that's a lie. Second of all, oh my. Yeah. It sounds like the worst parent ever. That's really such a Karen move right there. That is, yes. that is a terrible mother right there. Welcome to Amazon One Star Reviews, Adam. Full of shitty parenting where their kids should be taken away by Dyfus. Will Ferrell has always been hit or miss with me, and like his movies, most are misses. Completely agree. He's a one-trick pony who plays the same stupid one-dimensional SNL character in every film to varying degrees. The best being stepbrothers, disagree. A Night at the Roxbury, the other guys, actually other guys, pretty funny. Give that a watch. Zoolander. I like the other guys. Yeah. Zoolander, never saw, won't bother. And okay, I kind of like Land of the Lost, only because I had expected to hate it so much. Based on the reviews that I found myself chuckling, certainly more than I ever did during Anchorman, which I saw years ago. And aside from one line from an extra, I didn't laugh. I don't know. I don't even know where he was going. I don't either. (laughs) It's and the so last one. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's it's fascinating that people have the time to actually write this stuff. Like these are the worst reviews ever. Like they're. I'm glad they're not. Like you know, I feel like these people could be reviewing films in like their local gazette or local paper because it's just they're so bad. These are people suck, dude. These are yeah, manifest. Yeah. These these are manifesto kind of style writings here. Yeah. And you know what happens. They write these reviews, and they push back their keyboard and go, yep, another one in the books. <laughs> Got him. Have you, have, you have you ever written a review on Amazon? No. I, no, but I've done – I think I've done – I've done maybe – there's so many times I want to – I understand why people – you know, comics, we're used to, like, people, like, shitting on us or, like, YouTube videos or something like that, like, bad comments. We're so used to it. And sometimes I want to do it to other people, but I just choose not to do it. Uh, but I do write bad. I threaten to give bad reviews if they don't give me a free product or something like that. Like I'm, hey. I'm a Jewish, you know, so I'm trying to get whatever I can get. So <laughs> another hey, one tonight, Kevin. Kevin, you got two uh, tonight. You're two. This, this is tries. a Semitic dream right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've written a couple of Amazon reviews about like products, like stuff that like didn't work or something just because I was pissed off. And you and, get every now and then, every few months you'll get a, your review helped X amount of people or like X amount of people. And I will, I will totally admit that I'm like, yep, I'm just helping the people. Just a man of the people. Well, you know what, dude? I'm verified in Twitter. Hell yeah. Showbiz. Um, so what I'll do is I'll more likely to do a review on Twitter and tag the shitty company oh, just so constantly. they reach out to me like, oh, we're so sorry for your experience. How can yeah. you make this better? You guys are both Karens of the podcast tonight. I just want oh, to know why. That's where Twitter? I'm at in my career. I'm trying to get whatever I, I'm trying to squeeze whatever I get for free. That's where I'm at in my career, bud. Dear sir or madam, this is a sternly worded email. Last... You know how many of my, Twitter, my, how my tweets end in nice, real nice? 
I'm ready to tweet at New Jersey Transit because the stairwell by where the Secaucus train station, it looks like a goddamn bat cave from all the shit from the birds just all over the floor. And I did tweet at him once, and I said, the weeds by the side of the sidewalk are taller than I am, and I'm six foot fucking two. Shape up. And I swear to God, the next day or two, the weeds were trimmed and gone. So they, for the record, they do listen to that stuff. Oh, I know. I, I know for a fact transit does. Too bad that they can't find anybody else to work on the trains besides recently paroled convicts. <laughs> Last one. So bad. Eighth grade boy stuff at the highest. SNL cast rarely transfers. Case in point. Signed, Donald Trump. Because <laughs> that was exactly the cadence I read that review. Kevin Israel, did Adam Glenn gut the sacred cow? I don't think so. I think. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you to say, well, you know, because that's the code for I'm going to fucking team up with a nice compliment and say no fucking chance. So you listen. I I don't I wasn't trying to kill him. I just was throwing a few jabs, okay? And yeah, Will you did. Ferrell you said did. and Will Ferrell said we're doing Anchorman three next week. Would you like to be in it? I'm like, absolutely. I love the first two. Oh, well, okay. That's a complete. So I'm trying to work in this business, guys, okay? Whores. Yeah. That's but, a whole different <laughs> <laughs> If by any chance I can't have this come out to kill me, because there's a very, very slim chance I could possibly be in a movie with Will, F- Will Ferrell. I don't need this to resurface, and then I just get killed out of this movie, okay? Well, if that's true, then this podcast has ruined Kevin and I. <laughs> yeah. Chances of never being in you guys, any movie. <laughs> you guys really don't want to work in the industry ever, huh? Don't you? just want to piss off everyone? Yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson, of course. Uh, no. Looks like I'll be having to write a few apology letters to Rebel Wilson and Chrissy Metz then. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, right? But this is just a very hard... It's this is it's hard because for me at least I can't I, I I don't have I'm so impatient I got so much shit going on that it's hard for me I give it some time if I'm not interested I'm not gonna waste another 45 minutes into it at least Anchorman was and you guys said it very very well and artic- and, and made me gave me a great perspective on it the first half is good but once it gets to that third act that's where it kind of really goes sour and right. I never really thought of it like that, but I agree with you 1,000%. I think it's like common sense. Opening eyes one episode at a time. <laughs> no, and as you've aptly put as well, Kevin, going back and just fucking torching 90, 90% of stuff you loved. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, man, this wasn't as good. Next time we'll be doing the never-ending story and, and really showing Kevin his If real somebody ever offers to do that, I won't, I won't approve it. Because I agree. I that movie ruined it. It was terrible. That film was yeah. so fucking awful. If, if you had I to sit that through movie. that movie again and watch it, come on. It's like Labyrinth. Actually, Adam Glenn, shout it out. Where again can we find you? Let's hear it. Uh, find me at, at Adam Glenn on social, on Insta, uh, G-L-Y-N. Check out my podcast, The Hollywood Raw. And uh, guys, uh, thank you guys so much. I didn't even realize – you, this is good. You guys do your homework because you kept pushing me. You're like, dude, give us some movie. Hurry up, hurry up. Like, I need to know your movie. And now I understand why because you guys do a lot of research into this and that's, you guys do a great job. So oh, I commend you on the work that you put into this podcast. You guys articulate it and make it very interesting. Well, I think this show is pitch ready. Let's go, Kevin. Let's get out of corporate America. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this. Where's Adam that check? Adam Glenn gives us a stamp of approval. Ollie lolly oxen free, bitches. Kevin yeah, Israel, no. where can we find you? Uh, KevinIsrael.com, and you can get my album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes and everywhere else that you can get stuff. 
and uh, keep supporting live comedy where you see it. And come out to our live show on January yes. 23rd, Saturday, AMC Clifton. Uh, we're going to be gutting Karate Kid with uh, the morning show hosts. Bill and Joanne. Bill and Joanne. I don't know why I just blanked on the names. Oh. And uh, it's going to be a fucking awesome time. But the tickets are going to sell out. So get them quick on our social media. and our, It's, it's going to be up on our website. But they're going to go hot. Uh, you can also find Kevin writing nasty reviews on Amazon and tweeting product names out as well. So be Absolutely. on the lookout for that. <laughs> Absolutely. While, I'm, while I have my readers on. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear him with the... As he types out those emails as well, I might add. KevinGoatee.com. NFL picks. Boy, we've, uh, we're having a little bit of a rough stretch, but we'll, we'll bounce back. More importantly, guttingthesacredcow.com every day for articles Monday through Friday. And, of course, please subscribe on YouTube so you can see us. And if you're a podcast fan, make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget, we could still use those five-star ratings, two- or three-sentence reviews, and uh, just to boost us in the algorithm. And lastly, oh, I forgot, if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We'll advertise uh, damn near anything. You hear me, Fleshlight? And uh, that's that. Kevin Goatee. If you have it, we will sell it. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, and Adam Glenn. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Appreciate Boys, you. Boys, thanks for letting me come on. I appreciate it. Pleasure is ours, sir. Good we'll shit, see Adam. you next time, guys. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.